Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You'll find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava, and today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. It has been a busy day. I have had a lot going on today. I got up a lot later than normal, but last night I got to bed a lot later than normal because I was up late working. And so just trying to plug away, trying to get a lot done here. And hopefully we can uh, learn together today and I can kind of share some of the stuff that I've been doing. So let's get right into it. Early today, we had a Yeezy supply release. It wasn't terribly early, but it released on a lot of sites. So I guess it was kind of early for some of you. I ended up only running for Easy Supply. I didn't do any of the Shopify sites. I didn't do any of the foot sites. And I rented a bot for Easy Supply. I and that was basically all I did. Didn't really put a lot of time into my setup because I kind of have it down pat for where I like it. So I just rented it from a friend and kind of got going with it. It was kind of a tougher release. I think a lot of people struggled with it. The guy that I ended up renting it from performed really well. He did exceptionally well today, actually. I was looking at some of the numbers because it had like a dashboard on on the the bot and I was looking at what he did, crushed it. And so I kind of felt terrible because I kept looking at what he was doing. I was like, man, he is doing very well and I'm not hitting a thing. And it seemed like that was the general sentiment. So if you didn't hit slides today, it's fine. Don't worry about it. There's plenty of opportunities though. And I think Yeezy is, the Yeezy Supply brand is, or I guess the Yeezy brand is kind of, dispersing amongst other stores they're not just doing easy supply anymore they still have their some releases that are easy supply only but for the most part there's a lot more stock it seems like than there has been in previous previous releases and i feel like we kind of see this ebb and flow right kind of like a i don't know if you're familiar with math but like a sign graph or just picture it like a wave right and there's the high times of selling Yeezys which is when generally a lot of people want the shoe and there's not as much stock but there's enough stock to kind of fulfill resellers needs and fulfill the general public's needs and then they kind of overcompensate and they start putting them everywhere now we have slides releasing on Dick Sporting Goods foot sites Shopify sites I think that they loaded up on Nordstrom like they were everywhere today you you didn't have to look uh, Adidas confirmed and then they're on Yeezy Supply and there was a lot of stock on Yeezy Supply in addition to all those other sites so that's not normal we've had slides released on other sites i don't think they've released on all the sites that they did today before i may be wrong about that but sometimes you see this happen where they initially release on easy supply then he'll either restock them and just push it out to more sites and then he'll restock them again and push it out to even more sites and you kind of he overcompensates sometimes for stock where obviously they sell out but for resellers there's not enough profit to be made i guess and he's not trying to sustain resellers but for us, it's an overcompensation of stock. And so that's what we saw today. I think prices weren't super high, good enough to make money, good enough to definitely profit. If you're doing a local sale and you're just like doing it for no fees, you're definitely making good money. If you're not making local sales, you can still make money on eBay, on StockX. I was seeing prices somewhere around the one, I want to say 110 to 150 range for majority of the sizes in Onyx and Pure kind of closer to that 120 130 range for most of the sizes green glow is just it's kind of a putrid colorway and initially when it released i remember it doing really well now it's people have kind of realized that it's ugly and so mainly the bigger sizes did better on that and that's just because they're harder to get so that was really what we saw today not a ton else uh, reselling wise outside of that for releases i've been trying to focus on doing some different ty- types of flips and just like 
in my free time type of thing, majority of my stuff's been going towards replenishables on Amazon, and that's what I'll be pushing myself to do for the upcoming months ahead. And that's just really because I think that there's a lot of change coming to reselling, and you see things like this happening where there's there's kind of sentiment shift in the way people sell, right? We're getting out of the console era, which will be maybe one of the greatest eras for reselling I've ever seen. It, it was maybe like parallel 2020-ish is what console reselling was like because 2020 was like the best for resellers in a way that you could pick up almost any item and flip it on eBay immediately if you knew what you were looking for. And it wasn't like, oh, like, hey, you know, this weight set I found here, I'll sell it for double and, you know, barely make five bucks. It was like, no, I was going into a Walmart. I could pick up a set of 25-pound dumbbells, you know, so that's 50 pounds total, throw it in a USPS priority mail flat rate box for, I think, shipping around that was like 15 bucks for that thing. And so I would I would list them on eBay. Purchase price was about 45 to 50 bucks. I don't remember exactly what it was. Resale on those, like initially when people started buying weights, was $300 a set. And I remember because I bought a bunch of sets just over overly confident and like I was nervous I was very nervous when I went into this because I bought first off like there's me I'm not a seasoned reseller by any means I'd been reselling for about a year at this point but like still kind of dipping my toe into the water of retail arbitrage and then I see that there's weight selling in one of the discord groups I was in at the time or maybe the only one I was in at the time and they said hey you should check out weights and I'm like okay whatever weights like nobody really knew what was going on at this point and so I go and I fill up a a Walmart cart with regular like dumbbells and I'll just never forget it like people looked at me like I was a lunatic because I was a lunatic nobody does this and the cart is like bouncing and like every time it bounces like I'm thinking in the back of my mind like probably not weight loaded like the weight limit isn't ready for like a 500 pounds in the cart like it's probably not uh load resistant for that sort of a thing it's probably gonna break and like i'd hit a bump in the parking lot and the whole cart would bounce it was frightening it was very frightening i'll, I'll be honest i was frightened to see uh, the bottom of the cart give out that's not what i wanted to see but i ended up taking those and selling those and that was like the greatest time for reason that's kind of why i doubled back to that story except for consoles consoles have been I cannot express my uh, my affection for a PlayStation console in a way that it will always be like in the back of my mind. The PlayStation Five box and console will always be one of my favorite things that I'll like look back on and go, "Man, those were awesome!" Because a lot of people made money on them. And I mean, if you were trying to get a console and you really wanted to be adamant about it, you'd have followed some Twitter accounts and you'd have gotten a console by now. It's not terribly hard. There's a lot of sites that I was able to manual them on just following Twitter accounts. I wasn't in very good. I wasn't in many cook groups at the time when consoles first released. I think I was in one or two and they weren't that great. And so I was finding stuff out on Twitter before they were even releasing it from the groups. So like everybody could have accessed this information. You could have gotten a console at any time, especially in that 2019 year. If you were adamant about them and just looking for them early, I remember there were people on Twitter going, I'll just wait for them to release. And I'm like, who are, what are you talking about? Like we have been in a, in a time where things have been difficult to get since March. This is in 2020. I'm thinking things have been difficult to get since March. Nintendo Switches have been selling for one and a half to two X per Switch. And it's not even, it's not even like a new console. It's been on the market for a while. What are you talking about? You're going to try and sell these for a, you're going to try and buy them like whenever they release. Like that's not going to happen. And so people obviously didn't get them whenever they released because they were super hard to get. And that was kind of like the whole start of the whole console thing. And I remember, I mean, PlayStation's, back in 2020 we're selling for like if you did an overnight shipping 
on eBay, you could sell a console for twelve to thirteen hundred dollars around Christmas time, and it was wild. It was it was a wild time. So consoles have been one of the greatest things that, that we've resold. I think in recent memory, but I'm kind I'm kind of trying to transition out of that. The the only thing that I really do now are like really profitable flips. I had somebody reach out to me just recently and ask me about Easy Supply and whether I think it's a profitable thing to flip on. I necessarily wouldn't say yes and I wouldn't say no. I think if you're going for Easy Supply and you have a very, very, very kind of skeleton bot setup, unless you're like super advanced. If you're listening to this and you know what you're doing, obviously you kind of roll with whatever you want to do because you're an advanced kind of bot runner. Like you understand how to bot. And there's people that do very well. They have large setups and they crush it and they make hundreds of dollars, thousands. I mean, they make thousands of dollars on easy supply releases. It's no big deal. For me, I'm not. I'm not an advanced botter, like maybe compared to your average Joe that you find on the street. I know what a bot is, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's something where if you're running maybe a very skeleton, like bare bones type of setup, you're using really cheap proxies, really cheap bot rental type of things. You're using maybe the better top tier bots, but you're trying to get them as cheaply as possible. And you're trying to keep your costs low. You can make a lot of money on a good easy supply release. If you're getting slides, foam runners, a really clean 350, a really, really clean 700, or just like one of those iconic colorways, like a wave runner or something like that. Like those come out, you can make money. But for the most part, most of these shoes aren't profitable. It's just, there's a lot of crap that's put out there. And it's, it's that like up and down kind of like oh we're gonna have a really good time for Yeezys where they're releasing Zebra 350s and slides and foam runners and more foam runners and a restock of slides and what were the other shoes that they did Oreo 350 restock and just like shoe after shoe after shoe is just clean colorways restock of a very iconic colorway very good slides very good restock of a foam runner like you can make a lot of money doing that but outside of that that's not normal like we haven't had that on Yeezy supply and eventually that stuff gets old right if Nike only restocked Jordan 1s and they only restock Chicago colorways the value of a Nike Jordan 1 Chicago colorway would drop drastically and they don't and there's a reason for that because it drives so much hype we're gonna have a restock in October I think for one of these kind of Chicago style colorways I think they're calling it I don't know like some throwback ish uh, sort of model. I don't know what they're actually calling it. It had a weird name, maybe like Legend or something like that. I don't know what it was called, but it's going to do very well. It's going to crush. And the reason for that is because they don't do Chicago colorways every every month. It's like a once in several years in a Jordan 1, you'll get a Chicago style colorway or you'll get one with some red and black in it. Like you won't get that very often. It's been since, I want to say like 2017 since we've really had one. So it's just been, it's one of those things where they don't do it that often. If Kanye and Yeezy keep releasing shoes like this it's going to continue to be one of those things where people are going to have less of a demand for it because they're either going to have their demand fulfilled by some of the iconic shoes that have come out like if i was a big easy 350 kind of sneakerhead person i would really want to maybe have gotten the oreo 350s or the zebra 350s that just released this past month and i'd probably be set right like as long as like I'm not trying to buy every single shoe. If I don't have a ton of disposable income, those would be like kind of the shoes I'd probably target because they're clean shoes. They obviously have a little bit of history with them. And I believe the Oreo 350s were like the exact same shoe. I don't even think that they did anything different. It wasn't treated as a restock pair. They were the exact same like UPC code, everything. So like those were the shoe. That was the same shoe. And so there's there's times where you can go for those. And those would be like, those would satiate your desire to get a, a Yeezy 350. And so 
is they keep restocking these iconic colorways because they've done it. The Beluga 350s were reflective. They weren't the exact same, but they were pretty close. The Oreo 350s, they're talking about the Turtle Dove Yeezy 1s coming out, like the Yeezy 350 V1s coming out. Those are absolutely going to smash, but that's going to drive down the, the desire for that initial Yeezy 1. Like, everybody wants that shoe. It's probably going to be low stock. It's not going to, like, tank the market or anything like that. But there's going to be people that are going to be like, okay, I got my shoe. I'm done, or or at least I don't need to go for all these other Yeezys. Like, this is the shoe. This is the shoe I'm going to wear. I love this shoe, and I'm going to wear it. And there's plenty of people that will keep going for them, but it's one less person that's probably going to be buying, and one less person. When you keep doing that over and over and over again, clean colorways, good 350s, like, there's people that just buy their shoes, and they're like, screw it, like, I'm out. And there's enough supply in the market that the demand isn't there anymore. And I think that's going to happen. I think that's eventually we're going to hit one of those times where Yeezys just aren't profitable anymore. And we see it all the time. I mean, they do this all the time. They literally do this all the time. They become unprofitable all the time because they release the same crappy 350 colorways over and over and over again. And people get sick of them and resell on a $235, $240 shoe plus your seven or eight bucks shipping ends up being like 250 to 260 and you're not making any money because there's fees to be taken out of that. So like you have to kind of address that and go, okay, is this a clean shoe? Is it going to do well? Is there a is there obviously like going to be a lot of demand for this sort of thing in the future? And if those boxes aren't checked, if you don't see, hey, this is one of the iconic colorways or hey, this is a shoe that just always crushes, it's probably not worth running for. And so that's just one of the things I'm noticing. You see this happening in, in different markets and stuff like that. I think a lot of the stuff in the economy is just concerning anyways. I don't think people are going to have the disposable income they've had in the past two years. Like we've been very fortunate. We've been insanely fortunate to have the reselling time that we have had in the past two years for resellers. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are suffering right now. They have different kind of personal life, health, whatever you want to say is going on in their lives. Like they have it. But for resellers, we've been able to profit very well because people have had either disposable income or they've had the ability to buy shoes or whatever they want to do. Like it's been a good time. And I think as that kind of fades, there's going to be other markets that pop up. I'm going to be looking into replenishables. I think that's a very, very good, solid market to jump into because they're always necessary. Yeezys aren't. And I think that as kind of the the mode changes and people kind of get more fearful about what the, the day-to-day looks like in the markets or the day-to-day looks like for, you know, am I going to be able to even get a raise this year? Am I going to have a job at the end of this year because things aren't looking good? My company already laid off X amount of employees. Are they going to lay me off? That kind of stuff obviously doesn't sit well with people. They stop buying all these frilly things like Yeezys, frilly things like Jordan 1s, and they start buying you know normal things. Start maybe buying not the name brand stuff, but like the generic brand stuff. Like just doing things that you would do if you were a little bit concerned about income. And so that's kind of why I'm shifting. I've talked about it before, but I really want to hammer this home because I feel very... I feel very good about this take. Like, it's not something that like, like if I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong. I, I desperately hope that I'm wrong in a way that everything keeps selling. We keep crushing it. Retail's off the charts. Like we're just absolutely able to, to sell anything, right? Sports cards are back, full throttle. Uh, shoes are back, full throttle. And we're able to just make a ton of money. But if not, I think that there's a real case to be made that it could be a replenishable style reselling business until things start to trend upwards again and st- until people start to feel more confident in what they can do, feel more confident in the amount of money they have. I think that's kind of the play right now. So that's what I'll be doing, and I'm going to keep you informed. Today, I did a little bit of research. Most of the stuff I did today, one last thing actually I wanted to focus on, um, I shipped out my first FBA shipment today. That was cool. So I got 
all the stuff together. I've had poly bags for two years, so that's me being lazy and not trying to figure stuff out on my own. And so I've had poly bags for two years sitting in the garage, clear poly bags with the suffocation warning on them, grabbed them, put all of the items that I was going to ship out into those poly bags, put the FN SKUs on them, double checked it with Amazon, double checked a bunch of videos on YouTube and sent it out. And it took me a long time. I'm not going to lie. It took me way longer than it should have. I didn't know what I was doing. I was looking around on the site. Amazon Seller Central is not user friendly in the least. And so like, I'm wondering if I'm clicking the right buttons. I'm trying to set up my Rolo printer to be able to do like labels. It's one of those things where you're trying something new and you just are struggling with it and you just wonder, am I an idiot or is this ever going to work or both? And I think that once you actually put in the effort, once you actually kind of get that first trial out of the way, everything else is downhill from there in a sense of ease because not like downhill, like you're going down, but like if you're biking uphill and then you're, you turn, you get to the top of the hill and you're going downhill, it's a lot easier to bike. And in the same way, once you kind of get over that initial hump of like the first time you try something, you're going to suck at it. It's going to take you an obscenely long time compared to like the 30th or 50th time you do it. Like that sort of a thing is is super super important to keep in mind because it's super easy to get very very like i don't know very unconfident or what's the word i'm looking for very discouraged right you just get like very discouraged with what you're doing because you feel like i'll never get this this will never work i don't know how people do this some people make it work but not me like that's how you feel and so keeping in mind that you're never going to be able to be great at something the first time you do it unless it's like your gift like your your god-given gift in life like that's just you just got to accept that and say hey I'm, I, i've never packed an fba shipment before i'm probably not like the one person out there who's naturally gifted at doing an fba shipment from birth so i got to figure this out and it took me probably four hours yesterday and an hour today just to go through everything and look it all over make sure it was good a lot of it was going slow a lot of it was making sure everything was labeled properly because i wanted to double check and triple check things just so i knew that if something was wrong it wasn't because i didn't check enough and put it on the front porch and ups picked it up today and sent it out and so we'll see we'll see if anything sells we'll see if i didn't spend three hundred dollars plus on merchandise that just sits in amazon's warehouse i'm hoping that's not the case but we'll see and and it'll be a good test run I think there's a lot of products that have varied in price a little bit since I even bought them. So we'll see if they sell at the price that I initially thought they would sell at. We'll see if the products are good sales rank, bad sales rank. I'll be able to kind of clue you into what I think good sales rank are for different categories as I continue to learn that. I currently have my settings on DS Amazon Quick View Extended. It's like this awesome Chrome extension I found. I have it filtering everything above 500,000. Some people may say that's a bad idea. I don't believe it is because I don't know what I'm doing anyways. So if I'm going to try and look at every item, I might as well filter out the things that are just crazy high rank because I'm not skilled enough to spot when it's a crazy high rank and a good item that I may be able to jump in and, and lower the rank anyways, right? There's plenty of people that say, hey, this item is at a million and I saw it selling a bunch before and like... 2021 but everybody went out of stock so the rank just naturally went up because nobody sold it i can sell that like i'm not skilled enough to find that yet because i just it's not something i want to look for i want to look for the easy ones the ones that are going to be simple because i just need to get stuff selling on amazon and so i'm going to be looking for that we'll see how some of these replans go i'll clue you into what i think some of the best seller ranks are because i really think a lot of people just don't do that they're like well any seller rank could work varying on the category it's like okay bozo just tell me which which category and what rank and, and let's move on and so I'll be doing that and kind of cluing you into what sorts of things have been working. I won't give you my exact products because that'll just completely wipe out my, my inventory list. So that's bad. But I will be trying to help you as much as I can and clue you into how to run a profitable and successful replenishables business on Amazon. So that's what I'm doing. That's what we'll be rocking with for the rest of probably the year. And so things have changed. Things are going to be really fun, though. I'm excited. And I'll get back to you tomorrow 
hopefully with another podcast. So you guys have a great rest of your Monday and I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one.